Welcome to Psalms Cast. I am Denise, and today is the ninth day of August. Yes, it is a Monday. And sometimes Mondays can be a little rough until we get into sync with what is before us. And it's amazing that the Lord desires to walk with us, to illuminate where we are to walk, and to help us figure out life. I am so grateful that the Lord has drawn you here to Psalms Cast so that you can hear the amazing truths and promises that He has in the book of Psalms. So as we read from the Evangelical Heritage Version of the Bible this week, let's set our sails to Psalm 9, Psalm 39, Psalm 69, Psalm 99, and Psalm 129. Also, at the very end of the podcast, for those who desire to dive a little deeper into God's Word, we are exploring the Gospel of Luke, and today we are in chapter 5. It is a powerful word for today. So let's take just a moment to ask the Lord to be our focus and to be our guide. Father in heaven, we come humbly into this moment in time to seek you. We desire to draw near to you, to experience your mercy and your grace in the midst of our lives. Generously pour your truth into us, Lord. We are pretty desperate. You know the desperation of our hearts and our minds. And Lord, we desire peace and joy, a peace and joy that is so different than what this life offers us. So we are opening our hearts and our minds to you as we ask that you would transform us by the power of your Holy Spirit through your life-giving words. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey today. Psalm 9, Praise for God's Righteous Judgment, a Psalm by David. Praise for God's Righteous Judgment. I will thank you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell about all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will make music to your name, O Most High. Judgment against David's enemies. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish from your presence. For you have upheld my rights and my cause. You sat on the throne judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations and made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. As for the enemy, their destruction is complete and final. You have uprooted cities. Memory of them has perished with them. Judgment against the whole world. The Lord is seated forever. He has established His throne for judgment. The Lord Himself will judge the world in righteousness. He will judge the peoples with fairness. The Lord will be a refuge for those who have been crushed, a refuge for times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Closing praise and final appeal. Make music for the Lord, who is seated in Zion. Proclaim his deeds among the peoples. Yes, He who avenges bloodshed remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Have mercy on me, O Lord. 
See my afflictions that are caused by those who hate me, and raise me up from the gates of death, so that I may declare all your praise. In the gates of the daughter of Zion I will rejoice in your salvation. The fate of the wicked. The nations have sunk into the pit they have made. Their feet are caught in the net that they have hidden. The Lord makes himself known by the judgment he has carried out. By the work of his hands, the wicked are snared. The wicked return to the grave. All the nations who forget God, but he will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. Rise up, O Lord. Do not let me in triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with fear, O Lord. Let the nations know that they are only human. Psalm 39 Show me my life's end. A Psalm by David The Psalmist's Anguish I said, I will guard my ways so that I do not sin with my mouth. I will keep a muzzle on my mouth as long as the wicked are confronting me. I said nothing. I kept silent. I did not even say anything good, but my pain became worse. Inside me, my heart grew hot. As I fretted, the fire burned, so I spoke with my tongue. Shortness of human life. Lord, help me to understand my end. What is the limit of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. See, you have cut short my days. My brief time before you is like nothing. Indeed, every person, even at his best, is just a pup of air. A man flickers like a mirage. He really has no more effect than a breeze. He piles things up, never knowing who will get them. The Enduring Goodness of God But now, what do I wait for, Lord? My hope is in you. Save me from all my rebellious acts. Do not let fools scorn me. I said nothing. I did not open my mouth, because you are the one who caused this. Stop punching me. By the attack of your hand, I am finished. By your rebuke against guilt, you discipline a man. Like a moth, you consume what he desires. Indeed, every person is nothing but a puff of air. Closing Prayer Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry. Do not forget my tears, for with you I am an alien, just a visitor, as were all my ancestors. Look away from me so I can smile again before I depart and am no more. Psalm 69 Prayer of an Innocent Sufferer Save Me, O God by David Prayer of an Innocent Sufferer Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the deep mud where there is no place to stand. I have entered deep waters and the rapids rush over me. I am worn out from my crying. My throat is sore. My eyes are blurry as I wait for my God. The unfairness of his enemies. 
Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs on my head. Those who want to destroy me, my lying enemies are strong. I must repay things I did not steal. His guilt and shame. God, you know my folly, and my guilt is not hidden from you. May those who place their confidence in you not be put to shame because of me, O Lord, the Lord of armies. May those who seek you not be disgraced because of me, O God of Israel. It is for your sake that I bear scorn. Shame covers my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers, a foreigner to my mother's sons. Yes, zeal for your house consumes me. The scorn of those who scorn you falls on me. I weep as I fast, but this only brought insults to me. When I wore sackcloth as my clothing, I was a joke to them. Those who sit in the guardhouse gossip about me, and the songs of the drunks are about me. An interlude of prayer. But I direct my prayer to you, O Lord, for a time of favor. God, in the greatness of your mercy, answer me with the certainty of salvation from you. Rescue me from the mud so I do not sink. Let me escape from those who hate me and from the deep waters. Do not let the rapids rush over me. Do not let the deep swallow me up. Do not let the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, for your mercy is good. According to your great compassion, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant, because I am in distress. Hurry, answer me. Come near, redeem my soul. Ransom me because of my enemies. His shame. You know my disgrace, my shame, and my confusion. All my foes are in front of you. Disgrace has broken my heart, and I am helpless. I waited for sympathy, but there was none. I waited for comforters, but I did not find any. Instead, they put bitter poison in my food. For my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. His curse. May the table set before them become a snare. May it be a trap to them and their allies. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see. Make their legs always tremble. Pour out your wrath on them. Let the heat of your anger catch up with them. May their camp be desolate. May there be no dwelling in their tents. For they pursue those you have disciplined, O God, and they talk about the pain of those you wound. Add guilt to their guilt. Do not let them enter into your righteousness. May they be erased from the book of life. May they not be listed among the righteous. His closing prayer. But I am afflicted and in pain. O God, may salvation from you set me on high. I will praise God's name in song. I will proclaim his greatness with thanksgiving. For the Lord, this is better than an ox, than a bull that has horns and hooves. The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts live. 
For the Lord listens to the needy, and he does not despise the captives who belong to him. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all that move in them. For God will save Zion. He will build the cities of Judah. Then people will settle there and possess it. Then the descendants of his servant will inherit it, and those who love his name will dwell in it. Psalm 99 The Holy One rules in Israel. Admonishment to the nations. The Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He is seated above the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your name, great and awesome. Refrain. He is holy. Assurance to Israel. The King is mighty. He loves justice. You, Lord, have established fairness. In Jacob, you carried out justice and righteousness. Exalt the Lord our God and bow down before his footstool. Refrain. He is holy. Examples from history. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who call on his name. They called on the Lord and he answered them. From within the pillar of cloud, he spoke to them. They kept his testimonies in the order that he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. For them you were a God who removes sin, but you repaid them for their deeds. Concluding refrain. Exalt the Lord our God and bow down before his holy mountain, because the Lord our God is holy. And our final psalm for today is Psalm 129. No blessing, a song of ascents. They have greatly afflicted me. Greatly they have afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel say, Greatly they have afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not been able to defeat me. On my back plowmen have plowed, they made their furrows long. They will be suppressed by God. The Lord is righteous. He has cut the roots of the wicked to pieces. Let all who hate Zion be ashamed and turned back. Let them be like grass on the roof, which withers even before it is pulled up. A reaper cannot fill his hand with it. The one who binds sheaves cannot fill his arms. May those who pass by never say, The blessing of the Lord be on you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Psalm 69. It's very powerful, especially as we look at it. God, you know my folly, and my guilt is not hidden from you. You know my disgrace, my shame, and my confusion. All my foes are in front of you. David is lamenting how challenging it is to live with the challenges that were before him. He honestly has discourse with the Lord about his situation, and I think it is amazing how concerned David is about how others around him may be impacted by his challenges and how they might reflect on God. 
May those who place their confidence in you not be put to shame because of me, O Lord, the Lord of armies. May those who seek you not be disgraced because of me, O God of Israel. You know, often when we choose to live wholeheartedly following Jesus, and we choose to live according to his living word, we are going to face hardships. Listen to David's words in this psalm. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs on my head. Those who want to destroy me, my lying enemies, are strong. I must repay things I did not steal. I have become a stranger to my brothers, a foreigner to my mother's sons. When I wore sackcloth as my clothing, I was a joke to them. Those who sit at the gatehouse gossip about me, and the songs of the drunks are about me. Disgrace has broken my heart, and I am helpless. I waited for sympathy, but there was none. I waited for comforters, but I did not find any. The reality is, if we choose Jesus, if we choose to follow his word, looking to man Even looking to our family can often cause more heartache and more pain. Our best, and in my opinion, only option is to continue to cry out to the Lord, to cry out to Jesus for His mercy and for His grace. I love, absolutely love the promises at the very end in the closing prayer. For the Lord listens to the needy and does not despise the captives who belong to him. For God will save Zion and he will build the cities of Judah. Then people will settle there and possess it. Then the descendants of his servants will inherit it and those who love his name will dwell in it. Father, we open ourselves to you. Even now, Even as we are in this moment, now we slow things down and we open our hearts and minds to you, understanding that we can't hold on to you, that we can't figure you out. We can't rationalize all of this. It is not something that we can sort out. It's something that we have to simply be and know. So we open ourselves. Come, Holy Spirit. May the mind of Christ open within us. May our hearts open to your Spirit's guidance and direction. May we pay attention. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now those who want to go deeper into God's Word, hang in here for just a few more moments as that is at the very end of the podcast. And this month our focus is on the Gospel of Luke and today we are diving into chapter 5. I do have a prayer update on Ashley, who's in Chicago. She is still struggling with the COVID after effects. She has tested negative, but the breathing is still difficult. Her second trip to the ER did result in getting her a different type of inhaler that is supposed to be assisting with making breathing easier for her. And by the way, let's also be praying that the Lord will draw Ashley closer and that she will respond to the gift of salvation that is available to her. Now on a personal note, the canoodle has been challenging of late. 
Words just will not form as they should or as I expect. That is why this podcast is once again coming to you later on Monday. Perhaps it is because last week and this week, I have anticipated being able to participate in something that is near to me, near and dear. It's a pop-up consignment sale. And this is something that we have used in our life that does generate revenue for our family. But because of the challenges, I had to pull out at the last minute. This organization blesses so many, and I have loved being able to be the hands and the feet to serve others in our community. Realizing my limitations for this moment in time, it hurts. We know this is, this was the right decision for this moment, but it still hurts. Also, this past week, I've been struggling with spelling. Since I generally do not freestyle chats, but instead I use notes, a misplaced or improper word can change the meaning of everything. So I ask humbly for your continued prayers. I appreciate it more than I can even begin to say, step by step and decision by decision. If you desire to connect with us at PsalmsCast to share thoughts, to ask questions, to request prayer, or to request a Bible, our email address is psalmscast at gmail.com. If you prefer to call or text, the number in the United States is 470-240-1509. For those outside the United States, we recommend using WhatsApp. That number is 1-470-240-1509. You can also make a connection through social media. Psalmscast is on Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 5. Yesterday, we were in Chapter 4, and we talked about Jesus' temptation. After he had been in the desert, not eating, just fasting and praying for 40 days. I've never fasted for 40 days. I think I've done 72 hours, and it's very challenging to go without any food. And as I was considering Jesus' temptations, I realized something that I think I've known before, but it just was another aha moment for me, is that Jesus didn't talk to Satan. He just spoke God's word to him. He didn't try to convince him that he was the son of God. He just spoke God's word. And I think that that's for us having God's word in our heart and knowing God's word to be able to speak God's word is super important. So as we go into today's chapter, allow the words here to wash over you and to wash through you trusting the Holy Spirit to bring to your consciousness that that he wants you to really think about today. Remember the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. The Gospel of Luke chapter 5 The Calling of the First Disciples 
One time while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there along the lake shore. The fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. He sat down and began teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered him, Master, we worked hard all through the night and caught nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were about to tear apart. They signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For Peter and all those with him were amazed at the number of fish they had caught, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Have no fear. From now on, you will be catching people. After they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. Jesus heals a leper. On another occasion, Jesus was in one of the towns, and there was a man full of leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he said, be made clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Jesus ordered him to tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony for them. The news about him spread even more and large crowds gathered to listen and be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. Jesus forgives sins. On one of the days while Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. The power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then, men who were carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher tried to bring him in and lay him in front of Jesus. Since they did not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him down through the tiles on his stretcher into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sons have been forgiven. The experts in the law and the Pharisees began to think to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins except God alone? But Jesus knew their thoughts and answered them, Why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins have been forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, Get up, take your stretcher, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. 
they were all astonished and glorified God. They were also filled with reverence and said, We have seen wonderful things today. The Calling of Levi, Matthew After these things, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at the tax collector's booth. He said to him, Follow me. Levi left everything, got up, and followed Jesus. Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house. There was a large crowd of tax collectors and others dining with them. The Pharisees and experts in the law grumbled against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, The healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. A question about fasting. They said to him, Why do John's disciples fast and pray often, and so do the Pharisees' disciples, but yours go on eating and drinking? Jesus said to them, You cannot make the attendants of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is still with them, can you? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then in those days they will fast. He told them a parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new garment and the patch from the new garment will not match the old one. And no one pours new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins. It will be spilled and the skins will be ruined. Instead, new wine must be put into fresh wineskins so both are preserved. And no one wants new wine while drinking old wine because, he says, the old is fine. Just as Jesus called people to himself in that day, he is also calling to us today. In each person that he called, we've heard testimony today that they just simply followed in humility. Peter, James, and John left everything. They did not hesitate or get caught up in having to finish what they were doing and the baggage of their life. They simply followed Jesus. And then we have a tax collector, a person who is never popular that Jesus simply says to Levi, who we also know as Matthew. He just said, follow me. Levi left everything, got up, and he followed Jesus. Often in our ways of justifying why we are slow to follow Jesus or why we are slow to apply what we are reading in the Word of God, we come up with some pretty lame excuses like, that was then and this is now. Or the world, it was so much different then. Or we discount those that Jesus called like Simon Peter, James, and John because they had a humble profession of being fishermen who probably had a rather salty tang and some fishy smells about them. Or we assume that they were single, when in fact, we know from chapter 4's testimony that Simon Peter had a wife as Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Yeah, that is part of getting married, the mother-in-law. Or we assume that they had nothing better to do than to follow Jesus. Their lives were simple and uncomplicated, 
or they were unpopular, like being a tax collector. We know, in fact, that Levi, also known as Matthew, was a successful businessman because right after he was called, he gave a great banquet for Jesus in his home, inviting a large crowd of tax collectors and others to dine. Yet, we see those vultures, also known as the Pharisees and the experts in the law, grumbling against his disciples, saying, Why do they eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Well, obviously, these Pharisees and the experts in the law were close by so that Jesus could bring forth their grumbling before everyone and rebuke them, answering, The healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Remember, back in those days, there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no 24-7 live coverage. Those Pharisees and the experts, they were following Jesus. So today, I am pondering Jesus' response to a parable about the patch for the garment and the wineskins. Were you able to understand those?